It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, Dolphins fans, and welcome to this Thursday, May 27th edition of Locked On Dolphins. I am your host, Kyle Krebs, and on today's episode, we're going to get into yesterday's press conferences, namely those of Brian Flores, Tua Tungavailoa, and Mike Gusecki, in which there was a ton of interesting sound bites provided. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all of the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So throughout the course of this week, we've had the opportunity to speak with all the assistant coaches on offense and defense on Monday and Tuesday. Brian Flores meets with the South Florida media on Wednesday morning before OTA work. Tua Tungvaloa, Zach Sealer, Mike Isaki meet after OTA work on Wednesday. And there were some sound bites, some quotes, and snippets that definitely commanded a lot of attention on social media from Dolphins Twitter. And one of them, uh, the tweet came from Travis Wingfield, the former host of this show and the host of Drive Time of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network. Travis wrote, Tua Tungvaloa says the playbook was more simple with him in the game last year, says there weren't checks and alerts that were otherwise in the playbook, and he takes accountability for those things being absent from the calls, which kick-started uh, a firestorm and a flashback, if you will, to everybody's favorite pastime, which is slandering Chan Gailey on social media. <laughs> and, and it just kind of caught fire, and everybody took this individual quote But I wanted to spend a little bit of time today talking about that quote specifically and get into some of the dynamics of uh, calling plays and and how to handle rookie quarterbacks. And this is one of the things where I'm really thankful that my work with the Draft Network allows me to cover all 32 franchises and see uh, from a high-level perspective how teams across the league tackle these challenges. And everybody who responded to Travis's tweet immediately picked up on it and said, ah, here's the proof. Tua is passive-aggressively saying that Changeli's offense did not do him any favors, despite the fact that Tua openly admitted to taking accountability for those issues. I think there's plenty of blame to go around here. Um, Changeli certainly deserves some. But I get the challenge. You know, you're you're an offensive coordinator. You spend all summer 
virtually. You spend your abbreviated training camp. You get into the season. And you spend all that time and you're installing for the entirety of your offense certain language and plays and concepts. And then you make a quarterback change to a rookie midseason who openly, admittedly, did not know the deep depths of the playbook. And uh, I think it's important to read to his full quote as it pertains to the playbook because it paints a much clearer picture about what Changeli could have done differently, what Tua Tungvaloa could have done differently, and gives us the opportunity to reassess who deserves blame here. Because on social media, it was Chan. Chan, 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 Chan's gone, all our problems are solved. Well, no, not necessarily. I think there, there's plenty of learning lessons to be had with the way the experience went last year. And he, hearing Tua talk candidly about it, I think is very helpful. So what did Tua verbatim say? The first question he was asked was, what parts of your season last year, your rookie year, were not up to your expectations? And here's what Tua said. I'd say in every aspect, getting to the line of scrimmage, getting that order of operation down, my cadence, my pre-snap reads, my post-snap reads, the whole shebang with that. I felt I wasn't comfortable during my rookie year, so I'm just working on a lot of those things in year two to be better. Okay, uncomfortable. Um, You kind of saw that at times, right? When he was allowed to just react and play, he looked quite good in some stretches. But there were other times in which the process was quickened. You can tell he was swimming in information. He wasn't executing reads. So the follow-up. I think for last year, for me, last year wasn't, I wasn't comfortable in general. I wasn't comfortable calling plays. I think the guys we had last year were phenomenal. I just didn't have the comfortability of kind of checking plays, alerting plays, and doing that. I just rode with the play, even if I knew in a way it wasn't going to work. I was going to try and make make it work still. But the firepower that we have this year, it's good, but you've got to get, get it out to them too. If you're able to protect yourself and then get it out to them and have them make plays, then you'll be good. A couple more peeks through the keyhole. And then finally, at last, the very last question that he fielded, what I'm saying is I didn't actually know the playbook necessarily really, really good. And that's on no one else's fault but mine. Our play calls were simple when I was in. I didn't have alerts and checks, whereas now, feeling more comfortable, I can kind of maneuver my way through these things now. So we, we heard a lot about why is the offense different when two is on the field versus when two is not on the field and Ryan Fitzpatrick's behind center. And yes, Chan Gailey, Ryan Fitzpatrick had this long-standing familiarity, five-plus years within the offense, so he knows it like the back of his hand, so the entire playbook is accessible to you, but you, you can't just flip a switch and change everything about what you've spent fundamentally your entire season installing, going back to the summertime, in a bye week. So Tua, it was always, if you were going to put him in, It was what percentage of the playbook is he comfortable with? Because the worst thing you can do, in my opinion, is roll him out there and have the full menu at his disposal and have him literally not know what to do. Because that's when he goes the wrong way. That's when he's not aware of where the rush is coming from. That's where he gets lost. His eyes are in the wrong spot. He takes on a free runner. He gets hurt. All of those things. You have to work within the familiarity. So for who's to blame for the struggles of the offense last year, I think it's more complicated 
because the Dolphins were in the playoff run, obviously, which got them all the way to Week 17 before the wheels fell off the bus. From Chan Gailey's perspective, for Tua to get up to the line of scrimmage and not have anything to go to, that's on Chan Gailey. And I understand you have your whole system of checks and alerts and you get up to the line of scrimmage and the way a lot of these things work is based on the shade and, and leverage of the secondary, whether it's middle of the field open, which is two high safeties or middle of the field closed with a single high free safety in the middle of the field. Depending on what you're getting from the safety shell and working your way down, whether corners are shaded inside or outside and what that's going to tell you about where the release is going to be free, you in the pre-snap, and that's when Tua talks about his pre-snap reads and getting better there, you're typically able to toggle and change an individual route based on, and it can be automatic or it can be with a check, like a uh, hand signal or a tap on the helmet or whatever. But if Tua wasn't comfortable with all of that, he didn't have the familiarity, and you're not going to be on the same page then it's it's like you have to remove that off the menu. So for Tua to say, we didn't have checks when I was in the game last year, so I get up to the line of scrimmage and I say, well, we're boned. We're running inside zone against an eight-man box. I can't change the play. They, they didn't give me anything. You had to be able to give him something. You can't just roll him out there and say, run with the play. Because then you're betting on yourself as a play caller to bat a 1,000 and have the perfect play caller, have a workable play call, Every single play. It doesn't work like that. So once Tua came in, there should have been a focus on changing the checks and audibles and whether it's a wrist sheet and you, you work with more tempo getting out of the huddle so you can get up to the line of scrimmage while the, the microphone communication is still active on the play clock so that you can kind of see what that shell is and help them that way or do a hand signal from the sideline like you do a lot of times in college football. You see they get up under center, they clap the hands, nobody moves, they stop, they turn to the sideline, they get a signal, he makes a call, bang, we run the play. Or you change the play based on the hand signal and then you go. Something along those lines had to have been part of the process to help Tua succeed. And I put that... If I were to start assigning blame, I would probably put that attention to Chain Gailey as the offensive coordinator. But Tua himself literally said, I didn't actually know the playbook necessarily really, really good. And that's on no one else but me. He took the blame for not knowing the playbook. And so while I, I understand the vitriol that exists for Changeli because everybody needed a scapegoat, right? Two is admitting I didn't know the playbook. That's not on Changeli. And that's also not Ryan Fitzpatrick's fault. So if you want somebody to blame because the playbook that existed when you brought Tua in in a year in which it seemed like the maneuvering from the organization was always just going to be ride with Fitz because that's why they hired Changeli. You have to look a little bit higher up the ladder. You want to be angry at somebody that Chang Gailey existed in 2020 for the Miami Dolphins. The person that you look to is Brian Flores because he's the one who made that decision. Don't be mad about Chang coming in and uh, being told that he was going to run with Ryan Fitzpatrick and they started the season with Ryan Fitzpatrick because when Chang got hired, they didn't have a quarter, rookie quarterback on the roster. That's not on Chan. That's not on Fitz. That was a decision from Brian Flores, and Brian Flores 
made a decision at that point in time to hire an offensive coordinator who was going to allow him with the quarterback that he had at the time to have the best chance to win and have success. But then when they made the quarterback change and it became apparent that this playbook wasn't easily absorbable for Tua Tagovailoa, a change was made. And that's the one thing about this organization that I continue to love with the hierarchy that they have in place. They don't cling to mistakes. They don't cling to people just for the sense of pride that we made this decision, we have to make it work. They cut Kyle Van Noy <laughs> one year into a four-year contract. They part ways with Chad, Oche- or Chad O'Shea. They cut ties with Chan Ga- or Chan Gailey, quote-unquote, retires, whatever you want to call it, right? So from my perspective, I don't know if it's necessarily a blame game. It was the information based on what we knew at the time versus you didn't know if Tua was going to make it to you. You didn't know if somebody was going to jump up in front of you and draft Tua and you were going to end up with Justin Herbert or go later and draft Jordan Love. The information that we had to win now, which Brian Flores has always been about. So if you want to look at it, it's the mentality and the ideology of him as a coach is we're trying to win this Sunday, every Sunday. At the, t- at the time of the hiring, Chain Gailey made sense. RockAuto.com is a family business who's been providing auto parts customers with high-quality service online for the last 20 years. So whether you're shopping for engine control modules, brake parts, taillights, motor oil, or even new carpet, RockAuto.com has everything you need in one easy-to-navigate catalog, and in just a few clicks, you can get everything delivered directly to your front door. Best of all, prices are the same at RockAuto.com for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why would you shop anywhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Visit rockauto.com for all your auto parts needs right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So it just kind of took me by surprise a little bit to see the reaction to Travis's tweet, and it's, oh, Chan Gailey, you know, get out of here. Despite, you know, the, uh, in my opinion, my reaction to that had nothing to do with Changeli. My reaction to that was the excitement that Tua Tagovailoa told us that they ran a vanilla offense last year because he didn't know the plays. And whether that's his learning style or the volume of the playbook or being overwhelmed with, with things that are different from what they were at Alabama, whatever that may be. That's a lot easier fix than being scared. So for me, it was not an excuse to pull out the club and hit Chan Gailey over the head with it one last time. It was, okay, this explains and gives the context that we need to understand that Tua didn't have a good grasp on the playbook. But I think from a fan perspective, it's very easy to just say, well, call, make, make plays he understands. But the amount of time that it would take to, to craft and reset that in real time in the midst of a season, 
Now you're changing things for all 10 other guys around him, and they have to relearn it too. That's, it's, it was a really difficult transition. They made the best of it. Now, let's learn from it. Let's push play and move forward from it. And as Tua Tagovailoa and Brian Flores himself said yesterday, there's a lot more confidence in what he's being asked to do. Tua also said he feels as though he's throwing the football with more velocity as well. And this is something we've been working with as kind of a uh, working theory. Uh, But Tua, at the very least, is saying the right things to give us optimism that he will have a stronger arm in 2021 than he had in 2020. Tua, when asked about uh, driving the football, said, to be honest, I wasn't worried about my hip last year. I wasn't necessarily thinking of it while I was making throws or on the run making throws. I just think that coming into this year, throwing it isn't as much arm as it was last year. It's kind of everything like using my legs, using my core, and then the arm just following very similar to golf. Good. That's exactly how throwing the football is supposed to work. It's from the ground up. So if Tua feels like he is a bigger, faster, stronger version of himself, and he feels as though my recruitment, my sequencing of my delivery and mechanics are better and improved, then that tells us we will get a better thrower in 2021 than we got in 2022. Plenty of cause for optimism. But as I said, Brian Flores was another one who referred to Tua Tagovailoa's confidence in 2021 versus this time last year and going into the season. He said, I think he's definitely more comfortable, but I think that's normal for anyone in the second year of doing anything. I'm sure it's the same thing as you for a journalist. Year one is year one and you learn a lot and then you get a little bit better in year two. You're more comfortable. I think that's the case if you're a football coach, football player, journalist, plumber, firefighter. I think you're just a little bit more comfortable. You know your surroundings. You know what's expected of you. You've got a better rapport with your teammates, with the people you work with. So yeah, I would say I've seen him well as a lot of second year players. I think over the years, this is kind of what you see. I'm not going to guarantee you that the year two leap is what a lot of us hope the year two leap is. Because if the year two leap is what we hope it is, that's how this team gets to my current forecast uh, for the 2021 regular season, which is a 11-12 win year campaign for the Dolphins. And if they do that, oh boy, it's going to be a lot of fun to see how things materialize. Uh, but that, that is dependent upon Tua Tagovailoa making a leap. The good news is if even if Tua Tagovailoa struggles at times, I think because of the playmakers around him, there's more catalyst for explosive plays, even in the short yard passing or the short passing game. So you'll still have a fighting opportunity with how good the defense is, how well coached this football team is. I think this team can absorb some modest play, and they'll probably hit around 500 on the season, even if Tua struggles. This is not a team that I think anybody's expectation should be finish the year at 5-12. and 12. This is a good roster. This is a young, developing roster. They won 10 games last year. They have a lot of returning dynamics. It's just a matter of will Tua Tagovailoa's confidence 
and his health coming into the year be enough for him to play at a higher level that's going to allow those chunk create chunk explosive plays uh, to be a consistent in the offense from week to week. If it is, we're cooking. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports action. Baseball season is now in full swing. You can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info on your sporting needs from Major League Baseball, the NBA, NHL, and even UFC. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs into the playoffs. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKED ON. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As I teased uh, at the top of the show, Brian Flores spoke in the morning, Tua spoke in the afternoon, but Mike Gusecki also spoke in the afternoon, and he gave the most pointed and direct sense of support for Tua Tagovailoa that we've heard from any Dolphins player to this point, uh, pretty much called it nonsense. And I've always appreciated that about Mike is Mike is very matter-of-fact. Uh, he says what's on his mind, and he doesn't really put a lot of fluff on his answers. Uh, they asked him what bothered him the most about the criticisms of Tua Tungvalu, and he said the problem with the criticism is that it's not. there's nothing behind it. This kid came in here and people were already calling for him. He played nine games and he did a lot of really good things for us, stepped up in some big situations, made plays, and I think got better each and every week. And now everybody's been talking about his confidence and how he looks this year and obviously in a couple walkthroughs and all that kind of stuff, but he still looks good. He's been working hard and investing a lot of time into the season. I'm excited about his future. The only people who really, truly know the dynamics of why Tua's season went the way that it went last year was the people within the most pressing meetings, the head coach, the offensive coordinator, the quarterback room, and I'm sure the the skill players saw a lot of that and understood what had to change when the Dolphins made this midseason change to Tua Tagovailoa. And the fact that a guy like Mike Isecki, who obviously had good production at stretches when Tua was in uh, as the starting quarterback, but also had a good rapport with Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, has his back, I think that's a telling one. You know, there there was the report of non- anonymous players on the defensive side of the ball who were skeptic of, of skeptics of Tua Tagovailoa, and you saw the Dolphins make some defensive changes. Who knows if that was correlated to that or not? Uh, but to see the Dolphins' skill players, those in the building, and at the end of the day, I'm not in the building, fans aren't in the building, nobody else is in the building besides the players and coaches to be able to understand what truly were the limiting factors. But as we heard Tua talk today, he was very candid uh, and very honest. And I don't think he benefits any from 
placing blame on himself in the here and now to say, I didn't know the place. Now, again, you want to look for if you're upset with that was the decision that the Dolphins offense was headed in 2020 when they were bringing in a rookie quarterback. That's the mentality of Brian Flores and the mantra of we're trying to win Sunday every Sunday. That's just the way that they attacked it. You want to be upset with Chan Gailey for something? You can't send him out there and not give him the ability to change anything in the line of scrimmage. Whether it's a play sheet with five plays on it or one individual kill call. Kill, kill, kill. Let's go to second play. Kill, kill, kill. We're going to go to inside zone. We got two high safeties. Uh, the, the play pass play design we have is not going to work. But it's very, very nuanced, and I think expecting Changeli to change the checks or change the plays midseason is an, a difficult and ambitious expectation to have on any offensive coordinator. And I know Changeli has been a very popular player for Dolphins fans to bag on. Uh, and there's blame to be had at Changeli's feet. As I said, you can't run a guy out there and not give him any ability to change play. But I think the most exciting thing is Tua openly saying, I didn't know the playbook really good last year. Okay, great. I can work with that. You spent all offseason studying your playbook? Good. Then let's put our foot on the gas and let's go. A lot of optimism to be taken out of the meetings this week. A lot of optimism to get the clarity that we got on Tua specifically, and also hearing some of the offensive and defensive coaches and Brian Flores talk. We got one more show this week, so make sure you hit subscribe on the podcast. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. I am Kyle Krabs. Thanks, as always, for listening. Hope to talk to you guys again tomorrow. Fins up. Have a great day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked on NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.